Right. Good morning. I was sitting down, and I was like, where is my Bible? Behind the stage. All right, that was tragic. I literally got scared. Welcome. How are y'all? Good, good. Uh, happy 2018. Is that how you say that? Happy 2018? All right, four people are excited about it. Good deal. Um, well, it is good to be back here. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I had a great time last week uh, sort of resetting with the Lord and spending time with him and felt like he really spoke in a bunch of ways. But I would be lying to you if I was uh, not to tell you that I was kind of itching to get back here, you know. Um, I just, I love y'all like crazy. I love our family. I love being in with the people of God. You know, literally, uh, as worship was going on, I started tearing up, uh, which is the worst thing to do before you preach because then your voice gets all jacked up and you don't know what to do. All right, but uh, just looking at uh, people up here uh, leading us in worship, kind of using their gifts to make much of Jesus. Um, God is really good to let us be in a family like this. And so uh, I'm just really excited out of sheer curiosity. This has nothing to do with the sermon. How many of y'all already broke your 2018 New Year's resolutions? Raise your hands. All right, all right. I saw a couple of half hands go up. There's grace. We're in church, all right? It's the one place to confess. It's all right. Uh, just sheer curiosity. I have broken two of mine already as well. So, welcome. Um, we are starting today uh, a five-week vision series about uh, where we feel like the Lord has taken us as a body, both this year and in the future at large. In fact, as I was spending time just reflecting this week and thinking um, about God and who He is and what He's doing in our church, um, really I feel like the Lord gave uh, me and then uh, our staff kind of this idea uh, that 2018 would be a year of identity in a lot of ways, both for the well and for us as individuals. And so for the well, well, in a lot of ways, it'll be a, a year where we will be able to say as a church, here's who we are, okay? That's what 2018 will be about in a lot of different ways. It'll be up on the screen as well, but uh, here's who we are, okay, as a people of God. And so I personally feel like the Lord has given us an awesome and even a lofty vision in a lot of ways, and you'll hear more about that even today. But uh, you just heard Nick say one of the main things that we care about is that we want to be a church that within the first 50 years is able to send out 100 church plants, and within the first 50 years, we would also be able to send out 100 full-time missionaries that are focused on church planting globally around the world. And so we feel like this is part of what the Lord is calling us to. There's a lot more even than just that. But throughout the year and even more so today, it'll be evidently clear of who we are and what God is calling us towards and, and what his purposes are for us. Another way to kind of put that, to, to maybe put more tangibility to it, is that uh, God, I think, will show us a lot this year who we are and why we are in the city at this time, why he has placed this body into this particular area in this particular time frame, and what he wants to do to make much of his name through us. It's the multiplication of churches, the multiplication of disciples, the multiplication of people who do not yet know the beauties and the wonders of God, that they would come to know God and fall in love with him. And I feel like the well this year will be able to see a lot of that really beginning to take place. I was meeting with Todd, who Nick just mentioned a second ago this week, and I told him that uh, in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like uh, uh, that this vision, where the well is headed, is like a baby and like pregnancy almost. We had uh, five or four or five covenant members give birth over the past, uh, since last time we met, literally, all right? And so we have all these new babies, and yeah, that's exciting, all right? We're trying to grow. There we go, all right? And so uh, one of the, the funny things is that when the person's pregnant, they're all excited. It's like, woo, we're pregnant. And then literally it feels like 3.7 years before that child actually comes, all right? And then finally that child comes and you're holding it and you're like, 
oh man, this is, this is real, <laughs> right? Like, like we have a human that we are holding. What's happening here? And I think that in a lot of ways, God has given us this vision and it's kind of almost felt like we were pregnant with the vision in a lot of ways. And I think that what we'll see, even today, I mean that, is that even today we'll be holding that and going, oh shoot, we have a baby here, right? We need to buy some more diapers and up our grocery budget, all right? And so uh, as a, a dad with three kids and uh, my four-year-old daughter, even this week, even Thursday, uh, she eats like a grown man, right? <laughs> Literally, okay, she had four pieces of chicken, like chicken legs, all right? Two servings of corn and a salad. Like, she ate more than me, all right? And I had to cut her off because I'm like, your boy ain't made of money like that, right? Like, she ain't no kind of family she was born into, but they eat, right? And I think in a lot of ways, we'll see vision is a lot like that, is that, hey, all of a sudden we realize, man, this is an infant into a child, and oh my gosh, what's happening here? And we'll recognize some of what God is doing. And so I think that as a church, we will see that. I also think that as individuals, this will be a big year to help us see, hey, here's who God is making me to be, or, or here's what God God is doing in my life, or here's who he's making me into, if you will. And so for the individual, I think that as they find their gifts and their passions, or really their, their place in the story of God as a whole, what is your place in this season of life right now, even within this church? That's on the screen as well, the, the individual piece. And so that's what I want us to even begin to think about. I think that as you look, as you begin to think about it, then you will recognize that in serving God, what's really happening here is that you are serving a transcendent cause. And what we mean by transcendent is that it is something that is actually bigger than yourself. It is something that is bigger than what you can do as an individual, but God in his grace invites us into this journey with him to allow us to be a part of something that is bigger than who we are. And really our life explodes with meaning and purpose as we use the gifts that he has given us in the first place to really serve God. You think about even the worship song that we just sang. It's your breath in my lungs, so I'll pour out my praise. And then we connect with it and and we love that, and we think about God in that, and we even feel that in some ways. But what we are saying is the very breath that we have is the only reason we have the ability to sing in the first place, and yet that breath is a gift because in that we connect with God in this beautiful way. Well, the same is true with our gifts, our talents, our, our purpose. And so God has given us the ability to really connect with him in these beautiful ways. And so we're going to tackle this sermon a little bit differently today than you're probably used to. But I want you to kind of see the whole vision of the well, particularly for 2018 and even in the future as a whole. Now, I will say, okay, that God can indeed uh, uh, give vision, and because of that, he can shift or flex, or even by God's grace, he can actually expand and grow vision. And so I hope that the vision continues to expand and to grow, but we'll be able to see some of what the Lord has placed us in this city for and the reasons for that. And so we want to press forward to make much of the name of Jesus and to really see what he's doing in our life. And so we want to highlight that today and even encourage you to pray for and to promote and to join the family, right? Join the family with us. Be a part of what God is doing and really find your place in God's story there. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 4. You can flip there. If you don't have Bibles, the ushers will be coming forward now. Um, if you do not own a Bible, you can just slip up your hand 
or if you don't have one with you today and you want one, uh, and they will pass it out to you. If you do not uh, actually own a Bible, then we would love for you to take and keep that. That's our gift to you. So uh, don't feel shame in that. I mean, we want you to have the Word of God to be able to read it, use it during the week. You can also follow along on your smartphone. If you have the Version app, underneath the uh, uh, tab section, click on events, type in the well Austin. You can follow along that way. Or you could take that link and put it right into your browser. We want your eyes on the scriptures. We say that every week. We are a people of the word. We really believe that God speaks to us through his word. So we want to hear from God, not just from me today. All right? So what is your place in God's story, even here at the well? Okay? About three people know our mission statement, and I am totally fine with that because it is long and wordy, but it's really, really good. All right? But uh, I hope that almost every single covenant member knows what we have kind of broken down that mission statement, the, the three words that we want to live by as a church. Okay? In fact, what are those three words? Man, I had a joke ready. I thought y'all were going to be like, exalt disciples sin. But y'all, that was great, all right? I don't even have a joke anymore. This is good. All right, yes, exalt disciples sin, right? Like, that's who we are as a church. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be about. And so you'll hear about that a little bit more today. So 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to pick it up uh, in verse 10, and we're going to walk through each of those three areas as a church. What does it mean to exalt, to disciple, to sin, particularly even this year in 2018? Verse 10 says this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen and amen. All right, now, this is the easiest one, okay, exalt, because it's really throughout all of the scriptures very, very plainly. We exist to make much of or to exalt or to lift higher or to honor or to really magnify the name of Jesus. That is the purpose of creation is to make much of God, make much of his son, to make much of the Holy Spirit, to highlight the beauties and the glories and the blessedness of God, amen? This is part of what even makes us come alive is that when we recognize Christ and the Father for who they are, when we recognize the Spirit's interaction in our life, when we make much of the Son, then we actually come alive in a lot of ways. And notice that Peter states, not just in our speaking, not just in our serving, but he says that in everything, God may be glorified or another word for glorified is exalted, right? That God would be exalted in all things. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. That means that you can drink your orange juice this morning for the glory of God, right? And people are like, well, how do I do that? Let me tell y'all, every time I eat good food, I think about heaven, and Jesus is making our first meal in heaven. And I'm like, yo, take me to heaven, right? Because if Jesus made chefs on earth who kind of represent him, but if he is the ultimate chef, I'm ready to eat, right? And that is to the glory of God because it reminds me about how beautiful God is. And so even in the most mundane things, in our very breath, when we recognize the very breath in our lungs is actually God's gift to us, that is glorifying God. And Jesus wants to be glorified in all things, and that is why we exist as a church. In fact, why are we even gathering right now, literally, like even right now, why is it that we're gathering here on a Sunday? Well, it's to use our gifts, it's to use our, our presence or our fellowship, it's to use our, our speaking and our worship, it's to use our, our giving and our serving, it's to use everything that we may collectively say, isn't Jesus awesome? 
Isn't he worthy of praise? Isn't he uh, the most beautiful, the most awesome thing in the world? And it's to come back together as the family of God and say, dang, Jesus is good, right? Or look at how awesome Jesus is, all right, if you're that person, right? But it's to really make much of Jesus. And then what happens is that as we do that, then we go throughout the week and we proclaim to others, look at how awesome Jesus is. What a joy it is to be in the family of God. How awesome is it to to marvel in the king? We want Jesus to be exalted. And then we come back together next Sunday and go, yo, do you remember how awesome Jesus is? Right? And as we worship together and as we give and as we serve one another, this is literally why we gather, is to make much of Jesus, to exalt his name. We are a church who wants to, no, who has to glorify God in all things that we do. And to exalt Christ and to make much of Jesus, this is the New Testament's clear purpose of every individual who has been saved, is to make much of Jesus. And our hearts and our lives and our marriages and our serving and our churches and our giving and our, and our communities in all areas that Jesus would be exalted, right? I mean, shoot, I need it more than just Sunday to Sunday, right? Because your boy be forgetting by Monday night. In fact, your boy be forgetting when homeboy cuts me off on 35 on the way home. My flesh be coming back strong, right? Like, didn't I just put you in timeout, right? But all of a sudden it's back. Well, we need one another to remind each other of the beauties of Jesus. That this, this earth is not our home. That one day we will be with our king. And we are trying to bring people with us that they may experience life and life to the fullest. Amen? And so week in and week out, we grow in our affections for Christ to each other. We exalt Christ together. We remind each other of who Jesus is. In fact, in the sermon next week and in community groups next week as well, we'll actually hit on what does it look like to be exalting Jesus together? How do we use our gifts within that? And so the first piece of that is exalt. And as we exalt, we want to be uh, Christ-centered and gospel-oriented, to purposefully point to over and over and over again the centrality of Christ in all things and to be a people who are oriented around the gospel that the gospel would impact and influence every single thing in our lives. Everything. The gospel impacts the way that we set up chairs. The gospel impacts the way that we do our marriages. The gospel impacts the way that we treat homeboy who cuts you off on 35. The gospel literally changes everything. And this is how we exult, is when we recognize the centrality of Christ and the purpose of the gospel in all things. And this is vital for our very lives. This is not just a command of God, but literally this is what God has called us to do. In fact, in John 17, verse 3, one of my more favorite verses in the scriptures, okay, God said, or Jesus is in the garden. He's praying. This is right before he's going to be crucified. And Jesus says, and this is eternal life. Now, if you stopped right there, you would think that he would say, it's living forever, <laughs> right? Isn't that what eternal life is? To live forever? Well, no, that's not what he says. And this is eternal life, that they know God the Father and Jesus Christ himself, the one you have sent, okay? That they know God, that they know Jesus, this is eternal life. And this word knowledge there is not just to intellectually assent to God, though that is a piece of knowing, but it is to have an intimate, personal connection, a deep experience with Christ and who he is. And so eternal life is not living forever. In fact, if you live forever without Christ, that would be hell, Even if you had all of the pleasures before you, to not have Jesus is to literally be missing life because he is the way, the truth, 
the life, <laughs> right? I wasn't trying to sing y'all, by the way, all right? I was just kind of <laughs> reminding you of the song, all right? I can't sing anyway, so, but he's life, right? Like, this is literally what Jesus is. And so eternal life is to know God in these ways. And so because Christ has served us, because he has given himself to us, because he has laid down his life that we may know him, then we want to lay down our lives that others may know him. This is part of what it means to exalt Christ, is to emulate him, to be a gospel people who literally lay down our lives so that others may know who Jesus is, that they may experience eternal life even right now, even today. This is why he has given us this gift of grace in that way. This is why, as we mentioned, even during announcement times, that we're actually switching to two services because y'all had a hard time finding a seat today and we made you scoot in. There are like 15 extra seats, maybe, right? And so we're saying, hey, we want to see Christ exalted to more people in this city and to have an impact that they would be able to experience, to know, to understand, and to fall in love with our king who loves us desperately. This is what we want to do together. And the more people that are head over heels in love with Jesus, then the more this city is impacted because the more people desire to push back darkness in the city to bring the light of Christ and our city, our state, our nation is changed for the glory of God. This is why we exist as individuals. And so if God builds this church, okay, and if we remain a people who remain on mission that we want to be sending individuals, then all church growth means is more and more people that are willing and able to be sent out for the glory of God. All right, more of that at the end of the sermon. So while we by no means are trying to become the next thing, all right, we're also not afraid of church growing because healthy things grow in a lot of ways. And we want to because we sincerely believe that God has given us different people that are able to exalt Christ in us to exalt Christ more to see more people know who Jesus is, to really see people fall in love with Christ and go back out into their places and make much of Jesus there. And so as the church grows, it means more kingdom impact. It means more ability to really impact our our workplaces or to send missionaries or to have healthy marriages that really display the beauties of the gospel. Healthy families, healthy things grow. So we want to exalt Christ, and this year particularly is the way that we want to see that happen, to see more people be able to recognize the centrality of Christ in all things and the gospel orientation that our lives are supposed to be circled around. We want to make a big impact. Like, yo, okay, this church was 11 people not that long ago meeting in a living room where the fan was like er, 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 every time, right? Like the few people in there remember that. That bad boy, it was hot in there because there was 11 of us and the living room was like this big and we were like, what if God uses this? And now all of a sudden look, right? It's still hot in this joint, but now we have more, right? And more fans that are going, er, er, er. right? But God is doing something here in the city, in our even body, Right? God, is, God is making much of his name. And so uh, this is what God wants us to do. God is doing crazy things, and we can see the city impacted for the glory of God. Amen? Like, I'm about to punch 73 things up here, right? Like, I'm, like this is real, y'all. This is real. You know, God can do something here. And so we want to exalt Jesus well and to make sure people hear about him and to invite them to say, hey, join the family. Right? Join the family. Join the family. Come on in. We welcome you in. We want you to know and to be desperately in love with Jesus. That is why we exist. In fact, I believe that that's the reason why you are even in this church right now at this very moment, literally, 
Because God has specifically and specially uniquely wired you with different gifts that as you lay them down for the sake of the body, the body grows in the fullness of what God has made her to be. It's you that helps make the whole body flourish to life. You are the the water to the flower or the soil or the sunlight to the flower that makes it blossom to life, that it would give life to those around us. God has gifted you in certain ways that as you serve the people around you, then, man, you build a body. And you may feel like, I don't don't really know if I'm that gifted. Listen, the people who normally think that are usually the ones that impact me the deepest (laughs) because as they lay down even just their one talent for the glory of God, man, it's convicting And it reminds me and lets me see Jesus in them. We serve each other. We give of ourselves so that we can see the beauties of Christ because our Savior gave of himself to us so that we may see the beauty of Christ. We emulate Christ in this. This is how we carry out the gospel. And so this is not just about Sundays, all right? We want to make that really, really clear. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's the reverse. We don't want to just be a Sunday people, but really a a Monday through Saturday people, a people who come together and Sabbath together well and rejoice with one another, remind each other who Jesus is, but then who go back out into the world and who make much of Jesus there, who make much of Jesus in our workplaces. And even in our service, this is not just a Monday through Saturday thing right? This is a Sunday thing. It's a Monday through Saturday thing, right? Literally this week, literally last night, actually, I got this, uh, this handbook, okay, on our new logo and how to use it and, and how, what, what to put together and Caleb Folgem and Lisa Olian have been crushing it, all right, with all of our graphics and stuff, okay? Stacy uh, Larson actually put that booklet together in a lot of ways and, and really helped us understand, hey, what does it look like? Like, this is so helpful in the long run, okay? And it's little things like this that may not seem like much, but then as we look back and we realize that, hey, this is actually a way that we can even reach more people. People, that people would be able to see and go, hey, that looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll go here. And it's subtle things right like that, right? That maybe they would then interact with somebody else who would begin to love on them and that they would push them to know and love Jesus and on and on and on until maybe they become one of our future church planners or missionaries, right? Maybe they make an impact in the city. If you've been following the well on social media and stuff like that, you've realized that posts happen way more and they're a lot more awesome. You know why? Because your boy ain't running it anymore, right? <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing for five years, right? But Julia Mann has been running that for us, and I've been really uh, manning that in a lot of ways. Hey, there you go. That was, all right. So, um, right, Todd, okay, uh, has been uh, really running our Neighbors to Nations initiative. And what that is is how do we uh, get comfortable in sharing our faith, and what does it look like to actually reach our neighbors in hopes that they may one day go to the nations, reach our neighbors because we know that the nations are in our neighborhood, and that we too would be understanding how to share so that we would go to the nations, We want to be a people who blesses our neighborhood and recognizing that that actually blesses the nations. And Todd has been training in that and will continue to train in that throughout the year. In fact, Todd told me on Wednesday that he is willing to go out six days a week with people if they want to learn and to grow because that's what he wants to do this year is to see Jesus magnified, right? We had a short-term missions uh, interest meeting this morning. We're having one next week. And Madison Minor has been crushing it there. And we've been wanting to see more and more and more missional things happen from our church. She steps into our church not that long ago, like six months ago, and then has just been grinding it out. And we have like three, maybe four trips happening this year and, and all this really cool stuff happening. Like, like it's not just Sunday, right? It's holistically. 
Okay, God can use your gifts in such a way to really bless the body and to make much of his name, but that's why we exist, is to make much of the name of Jesus. And I think that this is for our joy. This is where eternal life comes, to know God as we serve with God, then we come alive because we experience God in these beautiful ways. And so I want to personally, actually, I actually want to apologize, okay, Because I have been fearful to ask for your service into our local church for a long time now. And the reason that I've been fearful is that I've been fearful of kind of making it seem like this is about me or something, or which I want that to be the furthest thing from the truth, less of me, more of Christ. Or I've been fearful to be thinking about just the well and not not recognize the kingdom at whole. Listen, if the well utterly implodes today and that actually magnifies the kingdom, then implode this joint, Jesus. That's what we want is the kingdom expanding. But I also fully believe and I'm fully convinced that the local church is God's means of making much of his name in the world. The reason that you got saved and didn't get zapped up into heaven is because God has saved you into the local church that the name of Christ may be renowned and known amongst the nations. God has saved you into a people to make much of his name and even given you gifts to use for the body that others may know and marvel in who Jesus is. And in fact, I believe even more and in some ways that as you serve, you get to see Jesus. And so I got convicted recently because I realized that in not asking you to, to lay down your life, I'm actually preventing you from joy. Because when you serve Jesus, joy is had. In fact, even this Thursday, unsolicited, I was meeting with Tommy, and we were just doing some discipleship stuff, and he said, yeah, you know, every time I come to church and I serve, I just see Jesus more. I, just get, I walk home more joyful. It's not like the weeks I don't serve, I don't get anything. That's awesome, too. But when I come and I serve, then I just see Jesus more tangibly evident. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, <laughs> right? Like, that's true for me, right? Like, when I preach, I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus is good, right? That's how I walk out feeling. When I'm here, I'm like, man, Jesus is really good. Amen. Okay, let's go, right? As we serve, we actually see God more and more and more. And so we say, hey, join the family, right? What is God calling you to give to the body for his glory and, listen, for your joy? This is your joy, right, as we serve Christ tangibly. And so even if you just think with me, okay, like what would happen if we, if you're a close your eyes person, then you can even close your eyes with me and imagine this. If you're a close your eyes and fall asleep person, keep your eyes open, all right? What would happen if at the end of 2018, okay, we kind of look back and we realize that this vision, okay, this, this pregnant vision we've had for a while, the baby that we're holding, begins to transform and begins to grow and blossom and begins to explode. And at the end of 2018, we're looking back going, oh my gosh, right? Look at what the Lord is doing. What would that look like? What would that tangibly look like? What would Sunday gatherings be like? What would our community groups be like? What would our workplaces, our families, our children, what would they be like if God were to actually really powerfully move through the way that we believe he wants to powerfully move through? And what's your part in that? How is God calling you to be a part of that mission as a whole? What is he calling you into? If you look, uh, go to Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah actually has this vision of the Lord. 
And so what happens is, is Christ is exalted. And Isaiah says, I've seen the Lord exalted, magnified. The whole train of the temple, or the, the, his train of his robe filled the temple with glory. And then he goes into chapter 6, verse 8. And it says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. It's almost like God said, who's going to go for us? Right? And Isaiah's like, here I am, right? Send me. And what happens in Isaiah's life is that he sees God over and over and over and over and over again throughout his life. And as he lays down his life for the king and as the glory of God comes not just to Isaiah in a vision, but it becomes practical to the people of God, Isaiah sees the beauties of Christ. He sees the nation of Israel transformed to believe in the coming Messiah. And he himself is filled with this purpose, with this joy, with this awe. Because he answered the call and said, I'll go. I'll go, Jesus. And so I want to, as a church, raise our collective hands and say, here I am, right? Send me. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Man, make much of your name in this city. Do something in our city that would blow our minds. As we look back five years from now, we would see eternity literally changed because God showed up and because we got to be a part of that. And so maybe I'm being optimistic within this, right? But I don't think I am because the scriptures make plain what God wants to see happen in cities. And it's happened multiple times throughout church history where God has created a movement of the people of God that give their lives away and the glory of God gets unveiled to people around them and people are changed. Okay, this is who we are. This is why we continue to grow. This is what we want to do in the exaltation of Christ is that more and more people would see the beauty of Christ. Amen? The second piece, disciple. Y'all are like, he's only 33% done? No, I'm 85% done, all right? These next two pieces, I'm literally flying through. This is the tip of the iceberg stuff, okay? Because in the rest of the sermon series, we'll hear about these other pieces more. But the next piece is disciple, all right? Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, or really verses 18 through 20. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, listen to me, all right? I am over all things. I have dominion over all things. I control all things. Go, therefore, in light of this authority, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or to obey everything that I have commanded. And in case you're scared, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And so in two weeks, we'll be talking extensively about community because we think what this verse highlights in a lot of ways is that we want to reach the world, equip the saints, and live in community with one another. This is the disciple piece on that vision statement. And so we want to have intentional community that is real, that is authentic, and a distinction of the well is that we would be an authentic people, okay? You heard that even in what Nick read this morning, right? Where we can be real about our hurts and our pains or our struggles or our victories or our dreams or our gifts or whatever it may be, we may be able to be real, right, and authentic, and God can move through that. In fact, that's why you'll hear almost every single pastor up here, 
right? Be confessing sin because, look, we ain't Jesus. We're anywhere close to it, right? Like, Nick may be a little bit closer to me, but he ain't Jesus either, right? And we want to say, hey, what does it look like to lay down our lives to say, we are desperate for you, Jesus. We need you. We need you. We need you. Come and fill us up. Holy Spirit, fill us up. King of glory, come. This is what we want to be about. And we want to do this in community that we would be able to exalt Jesus together. We think that in community, we actually see the equipping of the saints. As you are around other people who have gifts and as they lay their gifts down to exalt Christ, even within you, you see Jesus more. And that as we actually commune even with the world around us, that they would feel the love, the, the, the family of God, there'd be an attraction, a draw to that, that they would want to know, what is this Jesus about? that they would come too, right? This is why we stress community groups or covenant community like we did this morning. We want you involved, not just coming on Sundays, but actually in the family of God, wrestling with them, right? Being annoyed at some people sometimes. That's okay, that's sanctification, right? Looking at people who aren't like you, who don't think like you, and and who have different gifts than you, and allow them to, to build you up as you lay your life down for them and build them up. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is why the neighbors and nations thing exists, we said, that we would be in community with each other and then pointing toward Jesus together and making sure that people know who he is. More on that in a couple of weeks. We want to build the body here to help us find our identity and to introduce other people into the body. And then we would say, join the family, right? Join the family of God, okay? Finally, we want to send all right, send, 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 S-E-N-D, like crazy, okay, not S-I-N, in case you didn't catch that, okay, we want to send like crazy, right, now we live in Austin, this is the most transient city in the history of the universe, it feels like, and so it'll be easy to send individuals, because ain't none of y'all standing for more than three years anyway, all right, you're gonna get a job somewhere, then go, we want you to take the gospel with you, okay, but more than just equipping and sending individuals, we want to even equip and send churches and missionaries and people groups and community groups and the people who do root here and who stay here to multiply like crazy, yet the glory of God would not just rest in this building or even in our neighborhoods, but would expand into Central Texas, into the world. We want to send. We do not exist for ourselves. We exist for people who are not here yet. This is what we want to do. And so we are going to send like crazy for the glory of God. In fact, literally, this week, literally, there are three couples in our church who are going to go to uh, India And we're actually taking a mission trip to India later in the year in December, all right? But they're going to go to be training church planners on the exact same things that Todd trains us in here because it works. And they're seeing church planning movements happening in India. So we want to go equip that they would see the glories of the gospel. There are three couples that are going this week. In fact, they might be gone right now. Are y'all here today? No. Okay, they're gone right now. Oh, yeah, they're here. Stand up. Stand up. John Mann is here, okay? Uh, is, Is Joe Hindi or... Or Tony here? Okay, great. They're going this week, okay? I made them stand up on purpose, okay? Here's why, okay? Because they're not just going to India short term, but actually all three of them want to go to Barcelona to reach the refugee and the immigrant community that is flooding into Europe, that they would see them come to know Jesus, that they would even maybe take the gospel back into areas where it is hard for us to go, and they are going to go long term, 
So when we say that we want 100 churches and 100 missionaries, and we've sent out one, Bob Robbins, our, our former associate pastor to Brazil, which we're also doing that trip this year. But when we say that, that we want to send, like, like there are three people right now that are ready to go in our church. This is cra- I'm about to kick this thing, right? This is crazy, right? Like, listen to me, y'all. God is entrusting, listen, us. Please don't miss this. Please catch this. When you give financially, do you know that you are giving to support these missionaries that they may go out and bring the gospel to Barcelona, to the refugees and immigrants, that they may maybe bring the gospel to Iraq or Iran or Jordan or other places, that the gospel would spread and the exaltation of Christ would be complete? This is why we are here. Do you know that if you're in a community group, on the second week of every month, there's an advocacy. Each group is responsible for taking care of a missionary that the well has sent. And so as every single second week, we sit down and we go through their prayer letter and we pray for them. Why? That they may have support and family back here. So that when Bob Robbins comes back like he did over this break, he would feel a sense of unity, of family, of people who still care about him, who still support him. So not only are you supporting financially, but even emotionally, Because it's hard to sacrifice like that, right? We are built to really send missionaries. And it's happening even right now. God is entrusting us, y'all. This is insane, right? God is entrusting us, okay? Finally, I'm going to highlight our staff a little bit more next week, okay? And uh, my voice is going. But uh, I'll highlight our staff more next week because next week we're going to talk about the offices and why God has us uh, uh, with different gifts. And we'll kind of highlight some of how the staff plays that out to equip you, to then equip the saints. And we really think that God is building a good team here, okay? But right now I want to bring up uh, somebody new that's on staff, okay? Josh and Rachel, come on up. I'm about to clap for them so I can drink water. Y'all are like, who is this good-looking man on staff? All right? He's yeah. married. <laughs> and they're due with their first in like a month. She's eight months pregnant. Okay? Here's who they are. They are our first church plant resident. Okay? Josh and Rachel are going to, for one year, be on staff at the well and learn from us and see how we do things and recognize what's happening here. And then that second year, God is going to hopefully equip them to actually go out and start a new gospel work in the different part of Austin. Like, <laughs> this is great, right? This is huge, okay? Y'all can sit down, thank you. Um, so you'll be seeing more of Josh, okay? But they say it's hard to plant churches if you are under 200. You can plant house churches and, and the house church movement, and that is deeply, deeply needed and really, really good. And you can be three people and do that, right? But to plant resourcing churches, churches that actually can even support other house churches, churches that can give a ton financially and really sacrifice like crazy, it's hard to do under 200. So we got to 200, and we were like, great, let's go. Right? How can we go? How can we sin for the glory of God? And so unless Josh, like, falls into some sin or something, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, all right, then he's going to go, okay? And God's going to call some of you guys to go with him, that you would go start another gospel work in a different part of the city, that you would use your gifts to help a new set of Austin see and experience the beauties and the wonders and the glories of Jesus. Don't worry. You have two years to test Josh out, all right? So if you're scared, but God may be calling you, even today maybe, 
right? God is doing something, and God is doing something through our church. So when we say 100 missionaries, 100 church plants, an authentic community, like, like, do you see the child that we're holding? Do you recognize that, man, God is doing something here, right? And God desires for you to use your gifts to make much of his name and to see that grow, for this is your joy and his glory forever. And here's what I want to, to, to think about with as we wind down. That some of you I know, you, you don't know Jesus, okay? You're wrestling with Christ. Who is he? I don't, really, I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe in this whole thing. And, and maybe even it's the new year. Maybe you come and say, let me check this out, okay? Not only did Jesus die on the cross for your sins to pay for the condemnation that separated you and God. That is a thousand percent true. Is why Jesus died, right? That the barrier between you and God will be removed and you may have intimacy with God now and forever, this is what Jesus did, okay? But that's not all that Jesus did. The gospel also tells us that he has invited you on to mission with him. That when he died, he made a way that he would gift you with different gifts, that as you come to Jesus, you would be able to use those gifts to make much of his name, to serve an, a transcendent cause, to make an eternal difference. Literally, eternity be changed. And that as you look at yourself, as I look at myself and go, who is this jacked up broken man that you would use? God is glorified in that. And so we say, join the family, right? Like if you don't know Jesus, come on board. And as you entrust your life to him, he gifts you like crazy to make much of his name. It is freaking awesome to serve Jesus, more beautiful than even great families or, or awesome finances or security or whatever it may be to serve Christ, even if it means our death is our joy. We believe that fully. And so we want to serve and even invite you on. If you're trying to check out the well, figure out what's going on, man, here's what I would say, okay? If the well is your local church, man, join the family, Right? What does it look like to serve, to, to give of yourself for your joy, for his glory, to exalt Jesus? What would that practically look like? Man, join on in. Right? Be here. Be present. Serve others around you. It may not be the well. There are lots of other good gospel churches. Man, find a local church and serve there because the local church is God's means of redeeming the world to himself. He did not give you gifts to be selfish with, but rather to be selfless with, just like Jesus Christ was selfless for us. And so join a family. We would love if you joined here, right? And use the gifts that God has given you to make much of him. And man, if you're on the family, right? If you're here, if you're serving, man, let's go, right? Like, let's go. Look at what God is doing. Even right now, God is doing things. He's moving in these beautiful ways. Friends, let's run, right? Can I be transparent with you all to close? Okay, see you all later. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Last night, I was really wrestling with the sermon because we are a people of the word, okay? And I love the word. And I, I was wrestling, even kind of giving a, a whole, like, vision sermon holistically, to say like, man, what does it look like to serve and, and really serve and, and rally the troops in some way? And what is that? And I was wrestling with Natalie. And I was like, gosh, I just, right? Even right now, like I want to preach Isaiah 6, 8 more, right? Like there's more there, right? And I was wrestling, wrestling. So I read through this to her. I looked up and she was like 
crying. And I was like, dang, it must be really bad. (laughs) Was it too long? I'm really sorry, babe, right? And uh, she said, you know, when you read the mission statement at the end, I actually remembered um, when we were sitting in an apartment, and it was me and you, and we were wrestling through our mission statement. We were praying and trying to figure out, God, what are you doing? And we were trying to come up with these words, and we were trying to finagle words together, and, and those didn't sound good at all. It wasn't us, right? And then we were just sitting there, and I just said, to make much of Jesus by reproducing disciples who impact the world for the glory of God. And she was like, that's it, you know? She started crying last night. And she said, it was just a tiny little prayer then. There was just two of us. Like, like, like that would ever happen with this young, broken, not fully knowing what to do, inexperienced couple. And then slowly but surely, God began to build this team. And as we cast this vision to our tiny team of 11, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, right. We ain't even got enough money to support, like, buying a speaker, right? How are we going to do this? Look, look, right? As Natalie started weeping, and she was like, all these people that have been impacted. Man, God is good. God is good. I hope that at the end of 2018, and maybe even several years from now, that we could look back at this tiny church and go, remember when it was just a few of us in that elementary school? All right, with the rickety fans? Look at what God is doing now. I pray that we would make much of Jesus by reproducing disciples who impact the world for the glory of God. And I would say, man, join the family. Let's do this. Let's make much of Jesus. Amen? I love you guys like crazy. I love you guys a lot. Let's pray. Man, God, thank you for the beauties and for the wonder of the gospel. Man, Lord, I pray that you would remind us to pray for this church, for this vision. God, I know that the enemy would want nothing more than to to distort and to destroy the work that is happening. He does not want the kingdom of darkness to be pushed back, but the light will not stop. It will prevail. It will push. Help us to push, Jesus. Protect us from the evil one. God, I pray that right now, even today, that we would have people that literally join your greater family. Literally today, they would give their lives to you that you would gift them and and move in them and and mature them and and that they would maybe one day be the missionaries, the church planners, the the people with healthy marriages that disciple other couples who are going through marriage problems or the people that give of their time, their talents, their treasures to make much of you. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy. You are so worthy, God. You are so worthy. Christ, let us remember that, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy, Christ. You are so worthy, Jesus. God, help us to remember that. Forgive us when we get selfish with the very gifts that you've given us in the first place. God, forgive us when we forget or when we cause conflict or or division out of selfishness. Forgive us, God, when we get tired. Jesus, we said if we wait on you, we will not grow tired. We'll be like the young lion full of energy. 
Rise up on wings like eagles. God, help that to be true of our body. Jesus, thank you for these men and women who love my family so well. I pray that many more families would be deeply loved because of our sacrifice of service for their sake and for your glory, Jesus. Produce a joy in these people that are imaginable as they serve you, Christ. I pray this in your beautiful name. Amen.